This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Episode 58. Slowly sipping coffee. Hey, Chainers, and welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Walsh. So, Katie, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, doing all right. Days off to a great start. I hope everyone out there is having a wonderful day. Yes, and I've got nothing. I just caught you completely off guard, didn't I? You, you, you just got yeah, no I, idea. I don't know. We, we change the script a little bit and you just lose <laughs> nothing. it. Nothing. I have nothing right now. <laughs> nothing. So today we're chatting to Mr. SSC. And Mr. SSC, we had a really great conversation. So um, like I was saying in the other edition that you made me delete, we... Um, oh. Mr. SSC is actually a pseudonym and, you know, a lot of bloggers these days go anonymous. And a big reason for that is they're worried about like work, work conflicts and they don't want to sort of um, be judged by anyone. Another big reason is they are very niche specific. So, for example, they work in the military and they don't want people like labeling them as that guy, you know, and very often they come out after a while. Yeah, well... Uh- Thanks we'll for throwing me out of the throwing me under the bus there, Dan. But yeah, a lot of times bloggers like to kind of have a bit of a pseudonym. It keeps their personal life a little bit more private, and right. I think a lot of people are after that. Um, especially with all this Facebook stuff going on and everything, I think it is just a, something that makes them feel a little bit more um, secure. Yeah, definitely. I think is the word that I would use. Um, but I definitely enjoyed talking to him. Uh, he gave a lot of really great points w- when it comes to working as a couple. And yeah. Awesome. Well, if anyone would like to chat about the show, hit up um, chainofwealth.com. You can check out the show notes page. We really put a lot of time and effort into our show notes pages. There's tons of information. Um, so definitely check it out if you're on the go or whatever. But if you're not, let's dive into our interview. Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Slowly Sipping Coffee, or SSC, is a personal finance blog run by a couple who are busy balancing family life, work life, and blog life. They're on a quest to quit the nine to five and have a complete lifestyle change to stay home and be full-time parents by May of 2019. Welcome. Welcome. Hey, thanks. So tell us a little bit about yourself. What is something that most people don't know about you? I'd say most people that don't know about me, maybe just from reading the blog is uh, I like bluegrass music and Grateful Dead a lot. And I play the banjo. Really? It's very unusual. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't come up too much on the blog, really. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get into that? <laughs> um, it's funny. I came back from hiking on the Appalachian Trail, and I was very not wanting to hang out with people. And I found a guitar underneath the bed in the room I was staying at at my mom's house, and it had a bluegrass book in it. And it said, 
if you want to learn bluegrass guitar, listen to bluegrass music. And so I started listening to some bluegrass and I liked the banjo more and that's where it started. So ironically, I was watching my favorite TV show today for like the 30th time. And one of the characters plays the banjo, but hides it from his like girlfriend because he's a little bit embarrassed from it. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It can't get kind of a stigma attached to it. So I can understand that. <laughs> awesome. So a lot of the personal finance bloggers out there are very interested in FIRE at the moment. And for those of us who don't know, that is a retire early sort of lifestyle. It's financial independence, retire early. So you're not really into that. You're more into a fully funded lifestyle change. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, definitely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when we started the blog, we were gung-ho with the FIRE concept. Um, Mrs. SSC wasn't very happy at her job at the time and sort of kicked this whole campaign off in our house. It took me years to come around and believe that we could actually do it. But early on, maybe within the first year or so, we realized we're both pretty active. We're both, I don't know, fairly competitive and sitting around doing nothing just isn't our cup of tea and we weren't really wanting to kind of just get away from the nine to five to just not work it was more of we need a lifestyle change and so we came up with the fact that whether we're going to be working or not working the current lifestyle that we created for ourselves is not one that we thought was sustainable or that we wanted to keep going on for another five or 10 or 15 years. And so that's where we kind of came up with this. We just want a fully funded lifestyle change idea. And so we've been talking about that a lot more because it seems to have a lot more flexibility. I mean, for instance, right now we're at say 91% of our number, um, our goal number to where neither one of us would really have to work again, but, and we're about two years away maybe from, both of us being able to not work and move, you know, out of Houston and that kind of thing. And then something's come up with Mrs. SSC to where she's going to be starting um, a tenure track position at a university and I'm going to be leaving my job. And so it's like, well, it'll be maybe a mostly funded lifestyle change, but because she has her income coming in still, it's going to, you know, adjust our plan, but everything seems like it'll work out fine to be able to make that leap. and again, to swap over to more of the fully funded lifestyle change, except at least for the first five to six years of this go around, it'll be funded through her job. <clears throat> Excuse me, because she likes, she likes teaching, she likes doing the research and that kind of thing. And she said, well, why would I want to switch to another full-time job if I'm two years away from not being able to work? And I said, yeah, that's a really good question. You know, why would you want to do something like that? And yeah, her answer was, well, I really like working with the students. I like teaching. I like doing the research. I really like pushing them along with their graduate degrees and that kind of stuff. And I said, well, there you go. You know, if you want to do that, that's fine. I'll support that. And so, yeah. So here by the end of the summer, I'll be leaving my position and she'll be switching from one university to another university and I'll become a stay at home dad. So Hooray, well, lifestyle change. No. Well, <laughs> congratulations for that day when it comes. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it seemed like a super long shot position when she was talking about it last fall. And she said, well, should I apply for it? I don't even know that I'd want that position. And I don't know how it's going to work out. And I just told her, 
you have nothing to lose, you know, why not apply for it? If you don't make it to the finalist or you don't get the position, well, at least you tried and it's not like you left anything on the table. And then sure enough, it's like, oh, you're on the short list. Oh, you're in the finalist spot. And then last week we found out, oh, hey, guess what? We want to offer you the position and the numbers and timing and the location and everything worked out super great for us from our standpoint. So yeah, that's amazing. That is so exciting. And when you're talking about like your fully funded lifestyle change or your FFLC, right? Correct. Yes. It, I don't know why it reminds me of like, kind of like a diet when you want to mo- lose weight, like, <laughs> like you can drop five or 10 pounds and then, you know, that's fine. And then you go back to your regular life and then you gain it all back and everything. But in order to like keep that weight off, you have to have a lifestyle change. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I guess the other thing with us that, um, you know, kind of helped put us in a position to make a lifestyle change was we had started tracking our finances maybe within the first year or so of both of us coming out of grad school and, you know, working two oil jobs because we both worked in the oil industry at that time. And those are some really good paying jobs. And, you know, we had really high credit card bills that would come in every month, but we could pay them down and we were still saving. And then, you know, looking at one of the many kind of small downturns we've been through in the oil industry, we were thinking, why are we spending that much every month? And if we both lost our jobs, could we sustain that? And so we started tracking where the money was going every month. And within the space of about two months, we were able to cut that in half. And use that to also put towards investments and for us that was a big leap and we realized that um yeah we don't really need to increase our lifestyle and inflate our lifestyle to match the salaries that we were getting and we just started funneling more of that into savings and so even though at that time we didn't really have a plan for it and definitely weren't thinking early retirement or anything because we're just two or three years into that career um yeah, we had already kind of started down that path, but it was just building those habits of automatic savings that it's like we're saving for something, but not sure what yet. What I can really appreciate is that you realized you were unhappy with your situation and you wanted to do something about it. And I think so many people sort of get stuck into the grind and, you know, routine and they stop thinking about what do I actually want and where do I want to be? And I think that if more people did that, we would see people being a lot happier. <laughs> and you took a step back and looked at where you were spending your money. And I'm probably, I'm just going to guess that it was probably like a lot of eating out and a lot of shopping, a lot of like frivolous, like money spending. Oh, yes. Which yeah, we, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we have been there too. Don't I make worry. that same noise every now and then as well. <laughs> yeah. And that is such an easy thing to cut back if you do have a goal in mind and you want to reach something cutting back going out to eat is so easy yeah it really is well we found one of our biggest money wasters was target i mean specifically target it always is of oh i needed a pencil sharpener so i went to target and a hundred dollars later i came home and i got everything but the pencil sharpener you know and so we started because we would do that we go to target because we're bored or we'd go to target because it's hot out and it's got ac and we'll wander through the aisles 
And the next thing you know, it's like, oh, I only spent a hundred bucks. But if you do that once a week, that's like $400 a month just to target. And how do you need that much stuff from there? You know, and so to break that habit, we just made a rule. We're only going to target once a month. And then we made another rule. When we go, we're putting stuff on a list. If it wasn't on the list when we walked in, we're not buying it, you know, and asking ourselves also with the, is this a want or a need? And focusing on the needs and then, okay, maybe 50-50 on the wants. But if you ask yourself that, it gives you that pause to say, do I really want this or do I need this? If I need it, okay, I'll get it. If I want it, is it enough of a sacrifice to buy it now instead of doing whatever else I could do with the money? And we just started getting that into that habit as well. And building those habits early on just really helped us keep from inflating our lifestyle to where we could have. I kind of have the same thing with, I don't like Target as much as what it seems like everybody else does. But mm. whenever I'm out shopping now and I pick something up, I think, do I want this badly enough to have to pack it and move it? <laughs> because I feel yes. like all I have done in the last like year and a half is move. And half the time it's like, no, like, I don't, I don't want it that badly. Like, I don't want to have to pack it and move it around. So then I just put it back and then I feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and let me tell you, going through decluttering my office and bookshelves and all that kind of stuff, even though we've done lots of, you know, 70 things in 10 days where you pick seven things a day for 10 days straight to either donate, sell or trash and kind of declutter like that. Oh my gosh, there's so much stuff that essentially that same question is this worth moving and unpacking and repacking at some point and if the answer is no then it's like is it donate is it sell or is it just trash and yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty effective it's so true but but also that the weird thing is if you don't do that exercise you'll end up moving stuff and still not use it like what's the point <laughs> oh that was one of the first conversations we had anything that's in boxes from the last move five years ago it's staying in those boxes and it's just going out of the house. You know, again, it'll get sorted to a donate cell or trash pile, but it's like, clearly we didn't need it. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. So let's talk about your blog a little bit. Uh, slowly sipping coffee, uh, which I love the name, especially um, on your website, you have like a picture of like, it looked like a lake and I could just like picture Back when I had my house in Florida, like I would sit on my back porch and I had like a little, I call it a lake. It was a retention pond, but it had water in it. Yeah. <laughs> and like I could go back to that time. Um, where did the idea for the blog come from and who worked on it more? Well, the idea of the blog, um, very ironic that it's a personal finance blog. It was spawned while we were sitting at Starbucks one morning. <clears throat> And so we both uh, worked a 980 schedule, which means you work 80 hours in nine days, and then you get every other Friday off. And so this was one of our Fridays off, and we were just sitting there having coffee at Starbucks talking about starting a blog. And what are we going to focus on? And how are we going to, you know, what's the name going to be? And it's got to be something catchy. And then we came up with this slowly sipping coffee because... Again, you know, the lifestyle that we'd sort of created for ourselves, we pretty much got up at 6 a.m. and we're like, go, go, go until about 6 or 7 p.m. And we wanted uh, to be able to just have a slow enough 
time, like get away from the rat race and be able to wake up in the morning and just sit around and slowly sip our coffee versus throw it in a to-go mug and drink it in traffic and, you know, not really get to enjoy it. So that was kind of the idea behind slowly sipping coffee. As an avid uh, coffee drinker, I can really appreciate that name. <laughs> and he, right. o- he always has a to-go cup. So, yeah, so. because, yeah, it's it seems so much different when you're able to, to kind of just sit and enjoy coffee versus, oh, let me grab this and then I've got to go. Yeah, sure, chugging it down. still enjoy it. But man, like you're saying, you sit and look at even a retention pond or a lake or just the <laughs> trees or anything, you know, it's like just being able to sit there and not feel like there's this ticking clock behind you while you're drinking coffee. Yeah, it, it changes it, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> So who worked more on it, you or Mrs. SSC? Well, in the beginning, so we've been blogging for about three years now. And I'd say for the first year to maybe two years, I did most of the writing. She would do posts and she would come up with all the budget numbers in the background every month. And I'd kind of put that together or sometimes she would put that together, but it was fairly equal split. And then she left the megacore oil industry for a teaching position. And all of a sudden, she had a lot more free time, a lot happier, life was better. And she's like, "Nah, I'm good with the blog. You can just keep doing it and pretty much abandoned me on the blog. So <laughs> <laughs> probably the last year or so, maybe 18 months even, it's uh, essentially just been me. And so other than saying, hey, can I get the numbers for this month to do a post, which... Uh, I kind of stopped doing that over the last six months because uh, it just gets, you know, it's like we like to have the transparency of putting the numbers together. But again, trying to get her tied down to be like, oh, can you round this up for me? I'm going to do a monthly budget post or here's what we spent, essentially, not really even a budget because we don't necessarily budget. But yeah, so now it's pretty much just me. I was, I found it really refreshing when I found out that you guys work on it semi together because me and den work on chain of wealth completely 100 percent together like i do most of the writing and he does all the techie stuff and you don't see a lot of couples that work on it together right yeah exactly i mean um chris at keep thrifty those guys they work on their blog together and you know put out posts and stuff and kind of tag team it but other than you know i can't really think of many other husband and wife duos so or even just yeah partners on a blog that kind of do that so yeah it was good it was good while it lasted I liked only having to do a post every other week or (laughs) well and I couldn't imagine like we talked to so many people who have their blog all on their own and I don't know how they do it like it takes so much time and there's so much that Dennis does on his half that I don't even know how to do. I wouldn't even know where to start. Oh, yeah. So she did all of the tech stuff in the background and the layouts. And, I'm, you know, okay, I'll add this page here. Oh, I'll do this. So I'll move that around. And then she left. And I'm just like a monkey or, you know, like Zoolander back at the, oh, the files are in the computer. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's like, <laughs> which is funny because I, you know, doing geology, it's like I worked with all kinds of complex software and, I can move stuff in and around all these different programs, but 
yeah, I'm like WordPress sites set up. How do I do? What is this? Why? You know, it's, oh man. Yeah. It's seriously like Zoolander kind of moments, but <laughs> I learned I've slowly gotten there and, you know, come back around, but yeah, it's a steep curve if you ever get left on your own there. Oh, I, I <laughs> totally feel for you because the first, I want to say like the first like five posts that I published on my own into WordPress, I, I couldn't do it without him at least in the room. Like, oh, right. <laughs> and, and I had like really embarrassing like text message conversations in the beginning. Like, I don't know how to send the email. Like, where's the send button? Oh, right. Yeah. Like, I was or, completely. Oops, I need to hit update and I published. How do I take it back? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I literally <laughs> just feel like tech support. <laughs> <laughs> he even asked, he was like, How did you get by in your regular life? Like, you don't know right. how to use the computer at all. <laughs> I feel like you went to your parents' house and they're like, oh, good, you're here. We've got computer problems. <laughs> <laughs> now my mom just goes straight to Dennis. She doesn't even ask me. That's great. <laughs> so talking about the blog, I'm sure you have a favorite post that you have. You know, uh, I do have a favorite post, but it doesn't really have to. It's one of the very first April Fool's posts that I wrote. And it was about how we were going to start investing in horse racing and uh, had come up with this Monte Carlo simulation and, you know, taken all this data into account and built this great algorithm. And all, I mean, and it was it just it just flowed out and it was super great. And some of the comments were hilarious on it because they thought I was serious. And I mean, that was that's one of my favorites, to be honest. But otherwise, for an actual <laughs> financial sort of a post yeah just the ones about the um the light bulb moments there were there was like one series called the light bulb moments where basically it's the email conversation back and forth between mrs ssc and myself when i was at my current company and she was still at megacore and i finally realized oh my gosh the spreadsheet you've been sending me and i've been looking at for the last five years is actually correct. We really can do this. You're not just making stuff up and we don't have to, <laughs> you know, go live in a van down by the river or, you know, some other crazy extreme sort of a deal to make this work. And, you know, hence the light bulb moments. And then there was a follow-up to that called, um, I think something along the lines of, it only took me six years to realize or to get on board of the FFLC thing. And it was kind of revisited in that, but from a different perspective. But a lot of people tend to get those. And a lot of spouses are like, oh, this is great because how do I get my husband or wife on board with what I want to do? And I'm just like, don't pressure them. They'll <laughs> <laughs> just shut down quickly. Trust me. You know, it's like, I'm fine. Just, just keep it going in the background. They'll come around, you know. But yeah, so those would probably be my two favorite financial related ones. I think when it comes to couples and money, like communication is so important. If if you're not on the same page, like I, I know it can take some time and some, you know, like arm twisting, but eventually when you are on the same page, I feel like things just work. Oh, yes. But I also, yeah, because the first maybe three years or so in our relationship. Oh my gosh. Like I came from a fairly broke, you know, lower income um, family and Mrs. SSC came from a better financially well-off family and they actually had money sense. And, it, you know, 
so we came from these two different extremes and especially when you know it's like first we decided we needed to set up allowances because my version of what's worth spending stuff on and her version of what's worth spending stuff on just yeah we're totally opposite and so that sparked a lot of intense conversations and why did you spend this here and you know like well why does it matter what i spent we can afford to spend stuff you know, I mean, yeah, I totally agree. You've got to have a lot of communication and figure out, okay, I'm not going to judge what you spend money on, but we're just going to throw it into this pot over here. So you spend whatever you want to spend on from that pot. Don't touch this big pot. You just have this pot, you know, and it's like <laughs> we agreed on a good number for what that would be. And are like, yeah, we'll just call it allowance. And, you know, it's like that's worked out really well for us, but even with investing and saving stuff um, at the beginning, she was like, well, I'm going to be put in X number of dollars into this Vanguard fund. What do you think about that? And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Fine. Whatever. I trust you, you know, cause it's as far as that whole realm goes, it's like, yeah, I just, I trusted her and, you know, I still trust her with those kinds of decisions. And at one point she said, you know, I mean, I could use some more input sometimes other than you trust me. That's great. I'm glad that you trust me so much. But we could have a discussion on, is this too risky? Is this too conservative? Do we want to be in this one or that one? And I'm like, oh, you want that kind of feedback, not, yeah, sure. No, that sounds good kind of feedback. <laughs> so, yeah, the more open you can be with your spouse, partner, you know, anybody, it's it, it will avoid a lot of those intense conversations fights disagreements whatever it is but yeah because we came from two totally completely different financial grounds and it took a while but we finally figured out how to get it meshed and get it to work so i can appreciate that because dennis will come home and he'll be talking about all kinds of different financial savings plans and everything and i'm just kind of like I don't know. I didn't put anything on my credit card today. Like I thought I was doing a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and when it comes down to like savings and everything, like when I was teaching, I had savings accounts and I thought I was doing a good job with them and everything. But when you talk to me about like the nitty gritty details, like I did not know about interest rates and I didn't know about anything like that. And then when we started talking about like my student loan payback, and he'd be like, so what is the interest on your student loan? And I was just kind of like, ooh, I feel like I should know this. <laughs> but I, I have no idea. I have no idea what the interest is. And yeah. he was just like, okay, we need to kind of talk about this. So since you've kind of been in like a similar situation, what kind of advice do you have for couples who are trying to work together towards a common goal, but have hit a little bit of a tough spot in the road? Um, yes. So having been through many tough spots in the road, uh, <laughs> and much like you, I, I'm still amazed that I have the interest in the PF stuff, because again, when we first got together, there was zero interest in it. So I've done kind of a 180 and now I'm in the nitty gritty and coming from a similar position like you, where it's like, I did finally lock in my student loan. So I knew the percentage, but right. Yeah. Have, so have, real I, quick, yeah, but, have you been to FinCon yet? Yes, I went last year and it was amazing. It was it was really awesome. I would recommend if anybody's thinking about it to go. Right. You know, and 
don't plan on trying to do a whole lot of stuff, but meet people and talk to people and talk to people and bring cough drops and bring lozenges because my voice was just worked by maybe Thursday night. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely awesome. I, I asked because when I was talking to my mom, like I've had basic financial things my entire life and had never really like had any kind of interest in finance except for like not living on the street. Mm-hmm. And then I told her that we were going to FinCon this year and we were really excited about it. And she kind of paused. And then she was like, you're going to a financial conference and you're excited? She was like, what child am I talking to? <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, that kind of reminded me of it. But anyway, so. Yes. So um, back to the advice. Yeah, for a hurdles. Because, yeah, I don't want to skip that. The biggest thing I can say is. Um, if you're having a conversation, first of all, just be open and talk about it. And if it starts to get defensive, just shelve it, you know, like that's shelve it, wait till the emotions die down and don't talk about it when it gets emotional. Cause I never found it to be productive in our relationship. So <clears throat> that was one thing that we did. And the other one was, um, that I learned over the years, don't like dig in and draw hard lines, everything. There's a compromise somewhere everywhere and if you can admit and you can give a little and take a little and you basically you know not even a tug of war but it's like let's walk to the middle instead of trying to pull more rope to our side to my side versus her side you know it's like you just can't look at it that way you have to try and get to the middle from both sides so i mean other than communicating and trying to work that out that that's my biggest advice is just if it gets emotional stop talking about it until the next day or something but otherwise try to meet in the middle and not do like a tug of war pull another person to your side yeah no i I can definitely relate like it's all about compromise and trying to figure out where you stand where the other person stands and sort of trying to find a middle ground you know like you're never gonna like what are you achieving by strong arming someone else into your beliefs or whatever you need to sort of let them see your side, but then be open to criticism and hear what the what the other side is saying. And oh, if, yeah. if you're able to do that, like that's half the battle, really. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, because if you don't, if you look at it and you come into it as a win lose proposition, you've already lost. You know, yeah. whatever it is you're trying to work out, it's just not going to happen. So. No, I, yeah, I totally second that. You've got to look for the compromise. Yeah, totally agree. So you mentioned on your blog that having kids in the house can really throw a wrench in the retirement plans. So what are some of the hurdles you guys have had to overcome? Um, the biggest one is just, uh, I mean, I guess savings rates and then time. I, you know, it's like, a, it's not necessarily that, oh, the kids kill the savings rates, but if we hadn't had kids, it'd be almost an extra 24 grand a year that from daycare spending that would have gone towards that, you know, and people on the blog might comment, well, what if one of you stayed home with the kids instead? And it's like, well, we make a too much for that to be a pay, you know, that doesn't pay out either. Yeah. (laughs) And so, I mean, the biggest thing, um, I wouldn't even say that it was a hurdle as much as it was a driving force for us um, that we realized We'd much rather have more free time and less stress when we are around the kids than 
just like, hey, let's go out and make money and sock away a lot of money just for money making sake. And by, you know, not having our lifestyle inflated and cut in spending, it just helped us focus on what's important to us. And for us, the important thing was being able to have more time with the kids. So when that teaching job came up um, and Mrs. SSC was able to leave, you know, the oil company she worked at to go teach, that freed up a ton of time in the day. So she was able to walk them to school and walk them to daycare and I could pick them up and I could get home earlier. So I wasn't just spending 30 and 45 minutes with them, you know, a night and then maybe only seeing them for half an hour as I'm getting them dressed and rushed and going to drop them off at school and daycare and stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, just trying to find time and time that you're not stressed to enjoy hanging out with them would probably be the biggest hurdle that we ran into with kids. Um, we were fortunate enough to be in a position where we both made really good salaries. So sure, we're paying a lot in daycare cost, but we are also still able to save a good amount on top of that. So, I mean, that could be the biggest hurdle for other families. But for us, it was just we'd like to have more time with them and time that we're not stressed from being at work and commuting and dealing with that sort of thing. Yep, that definitely makes sense. Chainers, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. Chainers, if you're looking for how to host your property, head over to chainofwealth.com slash Airbnb. Katie's written a fantastic guide to give you a ton of information about hosting your home and inviting strangers home. It's not as creepy as it sounds and it can honestly pay a ton of money. In one month alone, Katie managed to make $2,000. So if you're looking for an extra like side hustle, it's definitely something to check out. That's chainofwealth.com slash Airbnb. Okay, so why do you think that people struggle to achieve their dream? Um, I think because it's a confidence factor and it's a comfort factor. Like they don't have confidence that they'll be able to make their dream happen and the situation they're in currently is too comfortable to want to leave and make it an uncomfortable situation to try and achieve their dreams. Do you have any other books or podcasts you could recommend for our listeners? Um, I like the Choose FI podcast. They've got a really nice um, <clears throat> group uh, diversity of topics that they have. And book wise, I would say The Millionaire Next Door was one that helped me a lot, especially coming from, say, a poor background where it's like, oh, if I buy lots of things, it'll mean that I've made it. And it just kind of helps point out that having lots of things doesn't mean you've made it. You know, being happy and having free time is means you've made it kind of a thing. So. Right. So yeah. do you have a favorite quote? Favorite quote? Um. The only one that pops in mind that I try to uh, that I tell people a lot is one that I see Paula Pant tweeting around um, and it's uh, what is it? You can't have you can't have everything you want, but you can have anything you want. Basically, where it's like, yeah, you got to pick and choose so you can have anything you want, but you're not going to be able to have everything. So. Make sure you focus on the important things is sort of why I like that as a favorite quote. It's definitely true. So we've absolutely loved hanging out with you today. Do you have any other last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. Um, the only thing that I would say is don't discount 
you know, kind of our plan or what we've done and been able to achieve just because we've had higher incomes. Like if you track your spending, that was the biggest difference for us. So whether you make 45K a year or 145K a year, tracking spending just let us find the leaks where we could use, you know, put more money towards saving and investing. So regardless, if you're not tracking your spending, start tracking your spending. That's just track your spending, track your spending, track your spending. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just crucial in figuring out where's your money go and where are those really the important things where you want it to go. Shane, as we've been hanging out with Mr. SSC, in case you haven't, don't forget to track your spending. It is exceptionally <laughs> important. And check out slowlysippingcoffee.com. The site's got loads of great information and figure out whether the fully funded lifestyle change is for you. Chainers, we loved hanging out with you today. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Catch you on the flip side. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.